Hello and welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. I'm your host, Gita Joshi, and today I am delighted to have Alicia Puig and Katrina Popova with me to talk about their new book, The Creative Business Handbook. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having Hello. us. Yeah, thank you so much. Of course. So we both published, uh, we, or three of us, we published our books back in 2020 with, you had The Smartest Guide. Was it called The Smartest Guide? Yeah, Complete Smartest yeah. Guide, correct. Yeah. And uh, the same year that I published Show Your Art, but now you have published The Creative Business Handbook. Can you share with our listeners the inspiration behind this book? Because it goes broader than um, target, you know, speaking to only fine artists. Of course, now we're talking about creative businesses. What motivated you to write on a broader topic? I can start, I guess, and then Pat can add whatever she'd like to add to it. So as you mentioned, it is broader than the first book in the sense that that was very strategically geared towards fine artists looking to gain business insight into how to build their career, how to sell, how to be a practicing studio artist. But we always come back to our community and we always listen to what their needs are. And from the success of that first book, and I'm sure that you saw a lot of the same artists were reading your book as well, and they were learning so much and making great strides in the from 2020, 2021 and into 2022. Um, but after that initial success, they they built this wonderful foundation for their art careers. And then they kind of realized, I want something more. We, during this time, saw so many creatives realize how multi-passionate they really are. They, of course, love being fine artists, but they also wanted to do something else. They wanted to build communities. They wanted to reach more people. They wanted to do things like start a podcast, start a magazine, own a gallery, run a boutique, do any number of things that could be defined under this broad umbrella term of creative business. And so we thought, well, we're happy to share what we know, what we've learned so far in the years of running three businesses. Really, you could probably count more than that, but the main three that we run, Art Queens, Create Magazine, and PXP Contemporary. So that is the the main gist of really the intention of writing the book and what it's about. But I'm sure Kat will add a few things. I think that was a great summary. <laughs> I think also, I think what I will add quickly is that when you start a business, you get all excited and you're like, yeah, I have this great idea. And then the practical stuff hits you and you're like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Or I feel stuck after like my first five customers signed up. I don't know how to push it further. So that's kind of where we come in. We give you some things to help you grow, expand beyond your your aunts and uncles and <laughs> grandmas and really get yourself out there as a professional business owner, not just, you know, hobbyists. Because we see a lot of, and this is a topic for another day, but we do see a lot of people quitting too early in the game. And when you have a plan, it makes you keep going because you know this is part of the process. So. Yeah, so true. So obviously you're exploring the intersection of creativity and business, and you've sort of talked a little about um, how you're defining creative businesses, but what do you think makes it makes a creative business more unique than traditional business approaches? Well, I can start with this. So I think that there was a limiting belief in my case. I don't think it's true for everyone, but I think it's true for a lot of us where we think, oh, well, I'm just a creative or I'm just an artist and I don't, you know, I'm not good at that. And I used to say that was one of really negative affirmation <laughs> that I would say, I'm just like, I just don't do numbers. I don't do that. And 
The thing is with creatives, we just got programmed to avoid that part of ourselves, but it's a natural part of most humans, right? Like even in tribes, everyone had a role, like someone would like bring the food and organize the provisions, whatever. Like it's just a part of how humans live their life, just like, you know, creating a business. And back in the day, everyone was like a mini business. And with creatives, I think the art, especially the art world is just a little different. So we bring in some examples of people who... Um, did it well, you know, like yourself, <laughs> um, gallery owners. So it doesn't mean that you sell out just because you're a business owner. It doesn't mean you're ostracized from the art world. It just means you're bringing something new. And I think artists and creatives have a gift where they can see the world through a different lens and see what's missing. So I think it's, in my opinion, I think there's just a lot of untapped potential that people, you know, are afraid to embrace. And we hope to give them a little permission slip. I really like that answer. I think it does kind of cover a lot, but I'll just say also that I guess also on the flip side that there are people that dive headfirst into business, into being an entrepreneur, but they have a creative passion and they feel like they have to put that to the side. Kind of like Kat was saying, like you have to choose A or B, there's no in between. And going back to what I had said in my first response, we realized how many people are truly just so multi-passionate. They want to do many things that sometimes may fall a little more in the entrepreneurial category, a little more in creative. And we're kind of giving them that permission slip, as Kat said, to do both, to combine both to, I mean, the title of the book has like passion in it. So we want, we want you to embrace something that you really love to do and realize that if you want to, you can make money out of it. And you can make it financially sustainable. And I think that's the other big part of it. Yeah, we we give you all the tools, the steps, the practical things. But at the end of the day, we want you to build not just a business that you enjoy, but a life that you enjoy. And I think that is just really, really important. And I hope that that's definitely something that people get out of the book as well. I love that. I did a post recently asking people how they identified as, you know, artists or self-employed and all these sorts of like labels that we have. And, um, you know, Artpreneur kind of came through quite a lot, but there were some people that only identified as artists. And so I often felt they were kind of missing out on really kind of making a living from their work, you know, because they just didn't identify as any kind of business owner or, uh, you know, you don't have to use the big titles like company director, but I think there is something in the semantics around this. And certainly when you think of like how business is taught at college or university or something like that was never a subject I was drawn to. I was always on the art history side, but I think, you know, like the the world we live in now, you can actually bring these things together and make that, as you say, like a lifestyle, um, you know, a business that really supports your lifestyle. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll add something to that if it's okay. I remember <laughs> when we got invited to speak, well, I got invited to speak and Alicia did it too at a different time at our college. Um, one of my former professors said like, oh, don't get into this thing. It's all about business. Just stay focused on your art. And I remember looking at him like, but this is how I'm able to keep making art. Otherwise, I would be serving pancakes still. And it was just like blew my mind that they couldn't see that it was just another way to be an artist. And that's my passion. Like, I get so upset about that now. And I'm just like, that is so old. Like, who's going to pay for my bills when I'm painting in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like who's going to do that? No one's going to come and do that. Like, yeah, even if you work with a gallery, they still expect you to be a professional to some degree, right? So that's a big motivator for me personally. 
Yeah, I think once you start enjoying your business, you realize actually how much creativity it allows for in there as well. You know, whatever that means, like for, you know, there's an element of problem solving, um, there's the uh, presentation, it's how you communicate your message through the marketing, like all of these take kind of creative energy as well. And I find that one of those those elements of it actually quite energizing as well, not just the subject, not just the artwork or, you know, the fashion designer or whatever, and just not just the dresses, but it's how that is then presented and communicated that allows for a lot of that. I really enjoy that side. Um, so many aspiring entrepreneurs struggle to balance their creative passions with the practical sides. And you spoke a little to this already, but what key strategies or insights would you say the book will help them bridge those gaps? Mm. <laughs> I like this question a lot. Um, because it's so true. We all struggle with this. So I think the very first thing I'd say is that it's not just you. So if you find that you struggle with this, we are fully transparent about the fact that it's it's a constant thing that you have to work at. But luckily, you know, with practice, it does get easier. And it definitely is a lot uh, to do with mindset. So we we have a full chapter dedicated to really stepping into the role of, of CEO and understanding that it does take a lot of removing mental blocks that you may have because when when fires come up it is on you you have to deal with that and and step into that role like I said but when the great things happen then it's also you you take the credit for that and that's wonderful as well um but in terms of balancing the two it's it's a lot of organization so we do give you some strategic tips on that I mean, for me personally, I live and die by my calendar. So, you know, I really care about blocking out time. Um, I know Kat does strategies of putting different kinds of tasks on different days. So that might work for you as well. I think it's all about leaning into your strengths and then figuring out what your weaknesses are and pushing yourself to really address them. So we we do talk about those. And I, I know a few of the action steps that we cover in the book. So look out for those. Yeah, I'll add something to that. So I think it's a mindset shift from employee to boss, like the CEO, we have a chapter, you know, have a CEO mindset. And the reason I'm saying that is a lot of us are coming from a job and we're like, oh, well, I need to do this or I need to do that. And there's always like this voice that says like, I need to be productive or you need to get this done. The truth is you do not have to do anything. It is your life. So if you are able to be the boss of your creative schedule and the boss of your business schedule and really have the discipline and not just be swayed left and right. I mean, I'm saying this is not an easy thing to do. <laughs> it takes, you know, many years of practice, but it's true. And the other thing that helps is accountability and deadlines. So having a community, you know, like just going to call my community, like our Queens where, you know, I, I do feel responsible for practicing my art because that's kind of how I started. And I don't have to, I can always change, but because I want to, I want to show up and be accountable to that group of people. And then if you want to plan a show for yourself, for example, and create your own exhibition, having that deadline on your calendar will, will motivate you to be showing up for your creativity as well. And I think honestly, if you're someone who's juggling multiple things, deadlines can be super helpful um, just to keep you showing up. Love that. Yeah. Hate a deadline, but love one too. <laughs> oh, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. If it was up to me, uh, I would just frolic in the field and paint all day. But, <laughs> you know, that's the retirement plan. <laughs> but, you know, that's something that we speak to, you know, this idea of building a business that allows you flexibility. And that was definitely at the root of my journey because, you know, when I was growing up in the industry and working in galleries, eventually it came to a point where people asked, 
are you ready to start a gallery? Is that something you're thinking about? And for a long time, the answer to that question was no, but it wasn't until I saw other business owners and other entrepreneurs putting together businesses, galleries really that were very different from the model that I had seen in the United States that I had worked in previously. And once I finally saw other people doing it a little bit differently, having these more creative takes on the gallery model, then it was like, oh, I don't have to play by these rules. I can make a business on my own terms. And now I have that. And it's been four years and I have the flexibility to, I won't say frolic in a field and paint all day, but you know, if I need to take a nap in the middle of the day or I do need to run an errand, I can do that and still balance everything else that I need to get done based on the deadlines that I do have. So um, another big aspect of the book is is really allowing yourself the freedom to create a business the way that you know that you can and that works for your life. Yeah, I love that. I want to talk a bit about how you said about the employee mindset, which is quite true. A lot of people come from a you know, very sort of structured job. You know, they work a certain number of hours. They have metrics on uh, whatever, right, performance and output and all these sorts of things. But the other thing I see people coming through into creative businesses um, is through the hobby side of it. So they do, you know, maybe they have their day job, but they love doing something part time in their leisure time. And that is something they're looking to turn into a business. Often in the past, I've seen people start this at like, you know, they'll start selling at a craft market or something like that. And uh, do you cover this in the book as well? That kind of shift that where you know, you're a business, you're a business owner. And, you know, there's some kind of different responsibilities that go with this, this idea that you're, you know, the head of marketing and the head of production and uh, head of, well, HR, you know, if you're allowing yourself to even outsource things and actually calling in help as well. Can you cover a bit of that? Yeah. Yeah. We definitely talk about, it reminds me of that meme. That's like, you know, marketing department, customer service, (laughs) shipping. (laughs) That is definitely true, especially at the beginning. But I think what has to happen is it just depends on your goals. If it is your goal to just do this part-time on the weekends, that's fine. That's just a personal decision. But if you want to grow and scale and reach more people, I think it's so important to recognize that you do have to get help at some point, whether it's, you know, hiring freelancers or, Um, investing in part-time help or even just like one-off projects with people or using an app that can automate some things for you. We do cover that transition in our scaling chapter because I know for me, I'm actually someone who's always very tempted to do it all on my own, but I just know, okay, yes, today I might be able to do that. But if I'm looking 10 years down the road, that's not going to help me go where I want to go. So we we do write about that. And I think the other aspect of this is that we know that we're not the most knowledgeable in every single subject. <laughs> there are definitely, I think I already mentioned this, that know your strength and lean into those. But when there are aspects of your business that you know that you're not going to be the best at, if you can't learn, then hire it out. <laughs> hire out to someone who knows. You're going to absolutely benefit from their expertise and it's going to be more than worth whatever you're paying them. And you can see really great strides when you let them thrive and do their thing. And then you have the time, the space, the mental energy to focus on what you're really good at. And that's one of the core points of the book is that we want 
you to be able to hire out those things that you're not necessarily the most excited about so that you can indeed focus on the creative part of the business. That's what we want you to be able to really spend your time and your days doing. I think that is the goal for most people, isn't it? Like to have a business where, you know, they get to play in their passions, you know, that that creative side of things. And then, yeah, essentially just like not have to deal with the difficult things. Like there's always going to be decision-making, but it doesn't mean you have to actually create the, whatever it is, right? The website or the automations and things like that. There's definitely input that, you know, the artist, the creative, the maker would need to have. But I think, you know, I've just certainly learned that outsourcing has just been so refreshing. Um, you know, the, the extra cost that that incurs is I've always meant that I've been able to scale and grow, absorb those costs, whether they be monthly or, you know, one-time costs. But just how much that freed me up to do other things was quite literally liberating. It just meant I had more creative energy in the air, you know, my zones of genius, if you like. Absolutely. I totally agree with that, especially for me and shout out to my accounting team, patent accounting, who are also in the book. Um, before I met them, I, it was like this thing where a cloud, I was waiting for that day where I had to like <laughs> scramble through my QuickBooks, not understanding what any of it means. And that was the biggest investment I've made in my business. Like I honestly was very nervous about it, but when they just sent me that monthly report and I understand where things are happening in my business, that's a huge job that I cannot do on my own. I physically cannot, my brain does not compute <laughs> and I know I can learn over time, but that's not a strength of mine, not even close, nowhere near on the strengths finder. So for something like that, if you're struggling when, in an area or say design, say like it takes you 10 hours to make a Canva graphic, please do not do that. <laughs> Hire someone to help because it's going to, it's kind of like Gita said, free you up to create, to have time for your art, your writing and your whatever you want to do. What would you say are the most uh, common challenges or misconceptions that you've kind of come across with uh, people trying to expand or, you know, start a creative business, especially, you know, with you having running art queens, you've seen quite a lot of people, you know, set mm -hmm. up their own communities, uh, training programs, all those sorts of things. I have three things that come to mind. One is giving up before you find your flow. Like people just think, oh, I'm just going to do it. And it's just people are going to come. And yeah, they do it. Eventually your organic reach, you're going to bring in some people. But after that point, you got to break through that barrier of putting yourself out there in new ways, which is uncomfortable. And a lot of people are not willing to do that. If you can get past that first hurdle, you'll be fine, but you have to you know, be willing to do that. And the other thing for me personally that I struggled with was cash flow because as a self-employed person, you might have an amazing month. And then even though, you know, energetically speaking, we're always working towards that, like, you know, energetic minimums if you're into spirituality and money. But it like when you're first starting out, there's a huge learning curve. And I remember when I, especially when I first started, I only had like two income streams, like my paintings and like, you know, part of the magazine. And when that one didn't come the next month, I didn't know what to do. Like I just, it would, it was feast and famine all the time. So creating new income streams, finding ways to gap, close that gap. Um, that's a huge one. And then the other one, the third part is honestly just mindset. Like knowing you can figure it out is half the battle. Like knowing, trusting yourself to figure things out. Ooh, okay. Those are really good ones. I'm like, Ooh, how do I follow that? Um, so I think marketing is a big one. You know, I, a lot of people think that just one, I just need that one viral post. But if you look at artists or creative businesses that have a 
one reel or one post that has a million views on it, that doesn't translate to sales. That doesn't mean that automatically their business has changed overnight. It's about showing up consistently. And I'd rather have 5,000 views every, you know, three times a week or whatever it is than the one that gets to a million because that just doesn't work as a long-term strategy to build your business. So yeah, I think one thing that we absolutely hammer home in the book is just really showing up, showing up day after day, you being the biggest advocate for your business because it is indeed your business. <laughs> and um, you're the one who's going to be able to speak most passionately about it. You're going to be able to speak about it with the most heart, with the you're going to know the ins and outs of it. Um, so absolutely just marketing is is a big one. And I think like Kat kind of touched on getting caught up with that initial success. And we want that to happen, of course, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're onto something long-term. You, you do have to figure out what is working to be able to then scale that over time. Um, because unfortunately, as we know, there can be just periods of really miraculous sales <laughs> and growth. And then the next month, it can be cricket. So in order to really know what's going on, um, I talk a lot or we both talk a lot about diving into your analytics, knowing those numbers. But one thing that I hadn't mentioned yet was that we do all this. We do talk about business, but we do all of it in a very accessible way. One one thing that we make very clear is that we did not have formal training in business. We are two very, I think, average, normal, you know, women who decided to go ahead, take that leap of faith, launch creative businesses. And from the dedication, from the passion we have, from the hard work that we put in, from the perseverance, we made it work. And because of those things, we're sharing our experiences, but ultimately to show you that you can too, if you have this dream and you put in the work, you can do it. You can absolutely do it as well. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah, coming from experience and that accessibility, it's so important because I don't think many artists are going to pick up a business book as such, right? So unless they're really strong, like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the only time I picked it up was when I was in a dire spot. I was like not doing well. I was like, what am I going to, I need to learn something quick. <laughs> and we hope you don't wait till that point and you are proactive. <laughs> I love what, um, something else you said there, Alicia, which was about the stats and the views and things like that. I think it's also paying attention to the right numbers, right? Not getting sidetracked by sort of vanity metrics. Sometimes, yes. you know, social media views and likes can feel like. One more thing I'll add to you is, you know, just final, my final tip is to get off the roller coaster, the emotional roller coaster when it comes to your business, something I'm still working on, but really finding like those moments of joy in your everyday life. Don't bank all your happiness and don't wait for like huge breakthroughs to be happy because it's, it truly will drag you down on the low days. Not to say you shouldn't celebrate and get super excited, but just being a little bit more neutral and seeing the big picture, knowing you're going to get there, like celebrating the wins, but not putting all your emphasis on that because that's not only who you are. You're not just an artist. You're not just a business owner, you're a person and you have a full balanced life. And this is just one element of your life. So that will keep you from burning out and quitting. I think, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will. See, I love this. This is why we write books together because we learn from each other. Like I, I know that's in the book, but I need to do that again today. <laughs> Thank you both so much for being guests on the Creator Salon podcast. The book is available in all good bookshops available on Amazon and I will add some links into the show notes as well. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Kat.
Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, for Rita. Us.